Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Local Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Welcome in to Christmas Eve. If you're an NFL fan, the eve before legal tampering opens up across the NFL in Vikingsville, Judd Zolgad. We are here to sort of, and by the way, like anything we say could just become outdated within five seconds, as we learned. A few days ago, actually, we, we uh, sometimes we pre-record stuff for like a Saturday, and uh, we did a couple mock drafts that were instantly irrelevant once the Carolina Panthers traded up for the number one overall pick. So that's a good point. Yeah, Did, didn't even really think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. No. Absolutely correct. Now, uh, yeah, I I, th- I think like who the Vikings like the whole point of the mock exercise is right. who the Vikings might take, and that didn't right. I don't think that changed a whole lot. Mm-mm. at least in that uh, exercise. But we're going to kind of paint the landscape of where things stand. Some interesting names that the Vikings could potentially look at as fits that have experience with Brian Flores. And then we'll get to, uh, we're going to start with that because I think that's going to be the most relevant thing going into legal tampering. And then just some of the latest things as the Vikings look to make roster moves. But uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the NFL no matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. So a couple things here, Judley. Uh, number one, the Minnesota Vikings, as of, re- as of this recording, still have not made the requisite moves to get under the cap. So there will be moves from now until, I mean, technically Wednesday is the day they have to be compliant. But, like, whether it's a Brian O'Neill restructure or, you know, Dalvin Cook trade, or whatever, there's going to be more things that happen. But right. even without that, right now as we sit here, the Vikings have $120 million in cap space for 2024 by mm-hmm. bailing on the Adam Thielen contract. Mm-hmm. And they might even clear more if they wind up doing something. Like, to me, the Harrison Smith thing is less about, like, they want cap space for this year, but... I think they're telling Harry in the agency, like, hey, you're under contract for like three more years after this. We don't want any of that. We don't we we want full flexibility for 2024. And that actually gives them more flexibility to sign free agents this week. Cause if you you could you could backload contracts into 24, 25, especially for younger, like 26, 27 year old free agents. So mm-hmm. it seems like Quasi is not messing around here over these past six or seven days. I think what Quasi said at the combine in regards to Cousins was basically a blanket statement about all veterans who are nearing the end of their contract, which is he wants security, we want flexibility. Like, that's true of everybody. It's true of the Cousins. It's true of uh, Dalvin Cook, I'm sure, Harrison Smith. And so, yeah, I think it's incredibly smart. I I think what the Vikings are saying is, you know, we can't make you guarantees here. You're going to have to take a, a pay cut. And we're not going to... You know, in the case of Zedarius Smith, who wants more right now, and said, well, then if you're not going to give me more, just release me. And the Vikings are like, no, we'll do what we want. So I, I like this this crazy um, more than last year's, just for the sake of, you know, last year you were like, are they really going to just run this thing back? And it turned out to work. But I like this, uh, what they're doing right now. Because it very much looks like they have a long-term plan now. And I think that was the thing I was most perplexed about and potentially concerned about. Yeah. Um, it might be a year too late because, to go back to what we've talked about, 
a few times, you probably forfeited your right to get a trade return on some guys. If you traded them a year ago, you probably could have gotten something for them. But all that being said, uh, just being in the present right now, I love what they are doing. I absolutely think it's the right play. Um, if you take a step back for a year, that's fine. In this league, unless you try and get so crappy, you're not going to be bad for three years. You probably won't even be bad yeah. for two years. You if might you even surprise right. teams. And, yeah. So, but I mean, this is not a, the National Football League is not a five-year league. Yeah. It's not the old, well, we're going to tear it down and see it in 2000, in this case, 28. So I think that this is absolutely the right play. I think it's brilliant. Um, now, this is also going to come down to scouting and personnel decisions of who they bring in, of course. So we'll wait and see on that. But as far as the tearing down the house, uh, I applaud every move that they've made and every move that they will make. Also, like, it's it's hard to be, if as long as you have Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill, TJ Hawkinson, if they've got some young players that are interesting on defense, if you keep Daniil Hunter around, you know, if, if you've got five or six guys like that, it's unless those guys get hurt, obviously, it's really hard to go three and 14 yeah. if you've got star players like that. So we'll we'll get to some of the, the latest on just some of the internal guys uh, in the second half of the episode, but let's start with the external and just some, some names. Like, let's start with just positions, I guess, and then we can kind of go from from there in terms of names that you should have an eye on as a fan as the next few days uh, progress here. But where do you think they stand in terms of position need? What is the number one position that you think is at the top of their whiteboard that they have to address here starting in free agency? Well, I think that, that was probably driven home again Friday with the, um, with the self-inflicted decision to release Cam Dantzler. They have to get, I, I mean, forget, top-notch cornerbacks they have to just get cornerbacks they've got four under contract right now about two of those guys is probably being uh, counted on to play Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley could come back but we don't know because they are free agents and so I think so here's my prediction I I think the Vikings are going to defensively in free agency and you know just to be upfront about this. It starts tomorrow. Like we'll get reports, we'll get mm -hmm. contract terms. This whole the the legal tampering period has now basically just supplanted what used to occur on Wednesday. Wednesday's yeah. almost going to be a formality. But I think the Vikings well, some, some guys want to take visits. Other mm -hmm. guys are just going to agree to terms, right? There's the yeah. first wave is just going to be, yep, whatever, cool. Sounds yeah. good. You want to give me 20 million dollars a year? All right. I'll uh, I'll do a tour when I when I arrive, I guess. I also seem to recall from last year, I don't know the visits are as big a deal as they they used to be. I feel like it's now just more of a race to, because it's there's so much tampering that's done. It, yeah. It's like when Kirk, you know, was here for the Super Bowl in 2018 and just happened to take a tour of the Viking. You know, I just happened to drive by. I just happened to look at houses. Um, so I, I feel like that stuff's being done even before it was previously, which again, I'm fine with. I don't care. But I feel like the Vikings are going to pursue about a couple, at least, what you would consider to be priority free agent types defensively. And I will be shocked if one of them is not a cornerback. Absolutely shocked. To me, the five names to watch, and there's more. There's going to be, in fact, you know, I'm sure you'll see other names pop up. But the five names to watch in terms of potential connections to Flores or connections to a similar system the age range that these guys fall into, which is under the age of 30, but but I think even more so skewing closer to 25 or 26 is probably the sweet spot. If you could get that that younger end free agent. You brought up Byron Murphy, uh, Byron Murphy Jr. a number of times. He's only 25 years old. He hits the market. He's leaving the Cardinals dumpster fire. Yep. Now, PFF had the projection at like $9 million a year. Pelissero was saying it's going to be more like $16 million a year. <laughs> yes. So um, he hasn't, he's a former second round pick and he hasn't quite peaked or lived up to expectations, but a ton of slot experience and a guy who probably has some upside um, working with Brian Flores could vault his game to a new level. A guy that we, in, in the two exercises we've done where we've put our GM hats on and have kind of gone through the Vikings offseason, we've had Cameron Sutton, former Steeler, on the Vikings uh, two different times. So, He's projected to make $8, 9000000 million a year. Again, the Vikings have to clear space to make any of these happen. 
Uh, but he's 28 years old. He plays about 20% of his snaps in the slot. Just a rock-solid, versatile mm-hmm. veteran cornerback. Mm-hmm. And, and his direct position coach wasn't Brian Flores, but those guys obviously were in the same rooms together in Pittsburgh last year, so Flores would know. A guy that I think was in rooms was uh, uh, with Flores at one point. Or maybe they didn't cross paths, but Jonathan Jones, 29 years old, mostly a slot guy, seven years in the Belichick New England 3-4 system. And I think they did cross paths. Early that in one, uh, Jones' career. Yeah. That one's an intriguing one. His He's a little bit older than I, I would like from the profile of the cornerbacks I think they should sign, but he would bring you a veteran presence, a guy that knows exactly what uh, Flores wants. And a guy that could probably, more importantly, work with uh, with Booth and or Evans and that young cornerback group. Um, th- that one intrigues me. You know, like on a three-year contract to take him to the age of 31, 32 years old. Jonathan mm-hmm. Jones intrigues me. The thing with Sutton is, I don't know. So I don't know how, how much what Tomlin did. And I don't know how much it reflected Flores' style. And I'm sure that he adopted some things. I'm sure that the Tomlin... Uh, Tomlin's defense at Pittsburgh adopted some of what Flores liked to do and stole ideas, or he was given ideas. But Jonathan Jones seems to me to be more of a fit, probably, because that's going to come directly from what Flores did with the Patriots. Yep. Uh, Two more, at least, to just have these names top of mind, Vikings fans. This one got released, and I I don't think he has signed anywhere. If you get released in the last few weeks, you can actually sign before. But uh, Bobby McCain who is projected to, as a 29-year-old, make less money than, let's say, a Cameron Sutton in free agency. He was cut by Washington. He's kind of a slot cornerback safety hybrid who can play up in the box. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did play with the Flores system when Flores was in Miami for for three years. So that's someone to watch. And then this name, this is only just sort of, I haven't seen this name, and I don't think there's any like direct Flores connections here, but Rock Yasin, 26 yep. years old. He's been with the Colts and the Raiders in his four-year career, projected to make around $9 million a year because of his his age. Just a really good cover corner who can play man coverage at a high level. And you're, So you need guys that can play man coverage, that can press. You need guys also that can play slot, potentially. Just versatility and also comfortability on an island at times when, uh, when Flores goes cover zero. And gets frisky at the line of scrimmage. I'd love to hear cover zero. Uh, Ed Donatel uh, doesn't quite know what what that means. He he didn't approve of that. Rockison intrigues me a lot. So he's not coming off a great year. But what intrigues me a lot about him is that age. 26. Like, that's the type of guy that you could probably sign to a four-year contract, backload the contract a bit, get creative, could count on him playing, you know, for you for at 26, hopefully the duration of the contract. That one intrigues me quite a bit. I guess my other question is this, too. You know, we need to keep in mind, um, and while I'm sure there is somebody in the building who's going to get a chance to start, what we need to keep in mind that's very important, too, is what is their uh, plan in the slot? Because I highly doubt, and I hope Shannon Sullivan's not coming back. So if Shannon Sullivan's gone, you are really looking for a minimum of two corners. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I guess you could... I guess you could draft one in the first round and sign one. Uh, but I just wonder if they're going to put a little bit more resource-wise, just pure speculation here, um, into the defensive side of the ball from a free agent standpoint and try and save their draft picks a, a little bit more to uh, up the offense. And to be more... like if You don't want to go into the draft desperately needing a starting cornerback, right? Although I don't know that that's how they're thinking about... The 2023 yeah, season. I, I don't. I don't think they're viewing it as okay. We need to get this player to hit immediately to be great in 2023. To me, this this all feels like all right. We're not tanking in 2023, but we. But our number one goal is to reset with flexibility for 2024. Yes, and the, and then align everything with that window. So you now could you if. If you do that and you eat a bunch of dead cap like the Thielen and maybe you eat some Harrison Smith, whatever. Could you still squeeze out seven, eight, nine wins? Of course, of course. You got good. Uh, yeah, yeah who Kevin knows? O'Connell's a good coach. Brian, Flo- you got good coaches. You got you got a right. bunch of good players laying around. And let's face it, some of the players that have either been booted off the island already, or players that we're talking about, 
it's not like Adam Thielen raised the water level for a, a lot for those 13 wins last year, right? He was kind of, by the end of the season especially, he was kind of just like a guy who would get targeted three times a game or something. This is why I love this approach, though. The schedule is tough. They know that. They're an aging team with salary cap problems. You know, they are the definition of um, it's time to hit the reset button. And a year ago, that's what we talked about, which is, you know, I think with the frustration at that time, as they didn't make moves for the most part, was when are they going to sort of realize what their plight is? And, you know, we could go back. I still think there's a case to be made that if you had just turned the keys completely over to Quazy a year ago, he probably does more. But, I mean, it's just so clear that the mandate was, hey, I think that we can win. And the Wilfs were like, you know, let's try and win. And if you just got the job, I guess you're not in a position to say, screw you. No. But that being said, like this all times out perfectly because – eventually, and this is where the cap is real, eventually you've got to get the cap under control. It's like a bucking Bronco, baby. Yeah. You might love the Bronco, but at some point in time, you got to tame that sucker. The Bronco gonna... is fake. The Bronco is yeah. fake. People don't understand. Like, like it, it. I appreciate the majority of people that watch us. Um, I don't think the people on Twitter necessarily watch us, but the feedback that I get on Twitter, way more than from this show, is a lack of understanding, it feels like, of how the cap works and also a lack of understanding about what how this league works. Because, you know, I'm still... I When Dukes, uh did the bonus scoop for us on Friday and Dugie said it is trending, and he was very careful, he said it is trending towards a Harrison Smith release. It's trending yeah. that way. He's like, it's yeah. fluid, I have no clue. But that's what he was told last. And so he reported that, and I tweeted that information out. And immediately was flooded with, oh, man, if they get rid of Harry, that's too much. You can't get rid of Harry. That's, you know, Thielen's one thing, but Harrison Smith's a different thing. Like, this is how the process is supposed to work. They're not violating some code of the process. Yeah. This is very, very smart. And you did not fire Rick Spielman and Zimmer to, in perpetuity, just say, let's bring everybody back all the time. This is what a reset means. It's not a rebuild. To your point, it doesn't mean that you're going to win two or three games, but it certainly means to build yourself back up to a place where you feel like you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, which is your goal. You know, tough decisions have to be made, and for sure people have to be replaced. Yeah. On the Harrison Smith front, and again, like, hopefully anything could anything Vikings roster related could could just make this outdated. But so we're trying to stick more to like the like the external free agents on this episode. But this is the other thing. So in the in the 2023 sense, if you were to cut Harrison Smith because you couldn't reach, hey Harry, we needed to take a pay cut. Harry says, bleep you, I'm not taking a pay cut. And then pride and ego get in the way, right? I don't know that any team is going to pay Harrison Smith the $15 million base salary that he's owed this year. So the Vikings do have some leverage here. But Harrison Smith has ultimate leverage and that he can just give you the double middle fingers and say, I don't want to play here anymore. And the Vikings would have to say, well, I guess we don't have a choice because we're not going to pay you uh, $15 million. So if you cut Harrison Smith, you have to eat a lot of dead cap for this year. You'd have to eat $12 million in dead cap, you'd save seven, but right. his contract would be off the books for 2024. So you would then, if you cut Harrison Smith, you'd then have $140 million in cap space for 2024. This is clearly what they're trying to shore up. If there's a way to get Harrison Smith back on the team at a reasonable rate and not muddy up their books beyond 2023, I think they'd love to do that. But Harrison Smith might say, eh, maybe I'll just go play for uh, the Chiefs or something and go go have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's absolutely cool. He should. That's fine. But but what I love about this entire thing, too, is, and I think what people don't get is this, too. So I, I've seen, well, how upset is Justin Jefferson about this whole thing? He's got to be very upset. He's not upset because I'm sure they've explained to him, Justin, to pay you and to pay Christian Derrissaw, Gesundheit, and to pay Christian Thank you. Christian Derrissaw and to pay a lot of good young talent, which they do have. Um, we're going to have to free up cap space. So yes, they hopefully, 
and it's trending towards they're going to have a ridiculous amount of cap space next offseason. But it's not like it's all going to go outside. They are going to keep guys. Like, this is yeah. where it's smart. You are internally turning over the roster to prioritize your most important players. Yeah. And, and and again, to your point, too, this does allow you, especially a year from now, uh, to dabble pretty heavily in the free agent market. And guess who's going to love that? Justin Jefferson. So, like, this is the process that you can see them doing is actually incredibly smart and should make players happy. They'll be happy. The young players are being more empowered now. Yeah, the team's being turned over to them. It it's just it's such a it it's such a breath of fresh air to see this Vikings team because it feels like a long time, Phil, since they've done this to see them pivoting to a strategy that actually sets you up to be good for an extended period potentially. Yeah. Um okay, on the on the external free agency part. So the cornerback pool, we just went through a few names. There are in Pro Football Focus's top 200 free agent list. So 200 players across all positions. 17 of them are cornerbacks. So there's just there's a lot of options. I'm not saying you're going to wind up, you know, bringing in someone as a as a shutdown 20 million dollar guy, but you can you can find starting caliber players, maybe even multiple in that cornerback pool. I feel like there's a I feel like this list and the free agent market as a whole is not great, but I feel like the list includes two things, cornerbacks and and so does the draft as well, which is great, and inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Oh my so god. Like the, so the, like there the is list a of linebackers huge is, list of linebackers. And some of these guys are just unrestricted free agents cuz they're contractor there's a lot of guys who've just come off the books like Eric Kendricks because they're getting cut because teams don't want to pay bloated linebacker contracts. But, and we've gone through some of these names. We've actually wound up uh, in our fix the Vikings, do their whole off season episodes. Linebacker David long from the Titans is a guy that we've kind of keyed in. I don't know much to your again, because you don't want to pay middle linebackers, but 26 years old, one of the best run stopping linebackers in the NFL. Uh, he was graded as the eighth best overall linebacker in the league last year. He's not a big hulking. He's he's quick, nimble. He's 5'11", 225, 230 pounds. And most importantly, played in that 3-4 base defense under Mike Vrabel, that Belichick 3-4 disciple style defense, aggressive. Um, So a guy like that. But you mentioned it. There are literally Tremaine Edmonds, Bobby Wagner. I don't think you're going to go down that path. But like uh, Levante David, TJ Edwards, Jermaine Pratt, Drew Tranquil, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, Rashawn Evans, Quan Alexander, Devin Bush, Kazir White. I mean, there's, there's literally like 12 or 13 established linebackers on the market. Mm-hmm. And so if you want someone to come in and just be, I, I think it would make sense. Brian Asamoah is going to start. I think it would make sense to bring in some sort of veteran presence. You don't have to break the bank, but is there right. someone you can bring in that's played snaps before? Because we're making a lot of assumptions about a middle round pick that's never been a starting caliber player. We're like, oh, he played good for 20 snaps in that Giants game and forced a fumble, and he's faster than the old linebackers. So you're going to have to have an actual professional come in here and and play next to him, I think. It doesn't need to be a big name, but I think what you would like to do is bring in a guy with some experience who has speed. I think that that would be the the ideal type of uh, of guy that if you could draw up to put by Asamoah that you would. And I think we're going to see if I don't, if I'm not wrong about this with Brian Flores, I think we're going to see the linebackers blitz way more now. And, oh, God, and, so, yeah. and yes. so there's going to be activity from the inside as well. And Phil, the one thing, you know, I thought that stood out on TV in person last year was both of those linebackers were so slow. They were just so slow. I mean, and, and it doesn't need to be some big name, but it needs to be a guy who's got speed and a guy who has instincts to a certain point. And Kendricks did still have that, but he just couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, I do think, like, if I'm prioritizing paydays, obviously, um, priority one payday is corner, but it does help that that list of inside linebackers is that deep. Like, at some point in time, you're going to probably land a relative bargain just because there's because the market's going to be so flooded with these inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, on the on the interior or on in the uh, trenches section, I should say, of the Vikings defense. That's right, the uh, the trenches, trenches section. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zadarius Smith isn't gone yet, but it's trending that way. Yeah, that's a weird one. I mean, I, he, I think they're still trying to trade him, but you know, it's funny. Patrick Mahomes tweeted something earlier today along the lines of like, you know, next week's going to be wild in the NFL. And, Zed- and Zedarius Smith tweeted back with eyeball emojis and then deleted the tweet. Is Zedarius you know, knocking on the uh, the door of Patrick Mahomes? I'm sure he is, but why did he delete the tweet? That's great. I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's tampering or something. Maybe his agent told him to delete it. But he's one way or another, he's probably gone. I, I would, would get you. They're going to cut him or trade him, right? That's my guess. Get the Get the cap savings. So as far as edge rushers and free agency... It's one of those positions like quarterback where very rarely do high, high-end, non-broken edge rushers who are in their prime hit the market, and that's the right. case again. The best edge rushers available, like Marcus Davenport from New Orleans is available. Uh, Jadeveon Clowney, again, is available like he is every year. And these guys are all just kind of broken. Like Davenport only played 490 snaps last year because of injuries. When he does play, he's amazing. Yep. Um, Jadeveon Clowney is now 30 years old. Again, only played like 490 snaps last year. There's other. There's a bunch of guys over the age of like 29, 30 that you can bring in for depth. Leonard Floyd is a free agent now. Um, Brandon Graham is 35 years old. Probably going to resign with the Eagles, but he's a free agent. Melvin Ingram the third is 34 years. So, but. I don't you know, know that I would spend a lot of money. No. Like, bring me a Kyle Van Noy who's played in the system a couple times for a couple million bucks and go find the next young, you know, beast edge rusher in the draft. That's what I would do. Let's backtrack to what you said, too, because I, I think that we now need to, I think this part of the conversation now, now needs to at least work its way in to most of, of these things. So at cornerback, I think you need one veteran just to be respectable. And, and you know, Flores is going to play man coverage so you can't be breaking down back there all of the time Mm -hmm. or else you you will win three games um but when we get to linebacker and the edge and this depends on what actually takes place with daniel hunter as well but my guess is they're going to try to bring him back but i think that the edge is where you spend 2023 finding out what you've got like can patrick jones play there You'll, you know, you'll draft you'll draft someone, I'm sure, yeah, too. Right? But I mean, but uh, you know, again, we're talking about a year where no one says the Vikings are trying to suck, but they're creating a situation to ascend. And you know, the you know, short of Justin Jefferson, the development of their draft classes has not been acceptable of late. Oh man, like it's not, and so. You know, O'Connell especially, I think that the onus needs to be on them to sort of, as they're as they're sorting their cap problems out by trimming players, I think that there also needs to be a priority put on sorting out the draft classes. Yeah. Like, who can play? Who can't play? You know, Patrick Jones looks the part, but he's never really gotten a chance. And so my question is this, can he not play or are you not playing him? Mm-hmm. You know? That was Asamoa last year. So your linebackers can't really run, but you are barely going to play him. What sense does that make? So I think that there's a lot of opportunity here at certain spots. The edge up opposite Hunter, for instance. Linebacker, perhaps, too, to also mix in young players and finally find out. And if they can't play, they can't play. But if they can, you've been sitting on them for how long now? Yeah, no, I I agree. By the way, while you were uh, talking about just the horrific development and drafting, just for fun, I clicked the cut button on over the cap salary cap calculator on Harrison Smith, Zadarius Smith, and Dalvin Cook. Yep. Or the trade button, maybe on Dalvin Cook. They'll probably get like a seventh or sixth if they trade Dalvin Cook. It's about the same, though, as far as the. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's exactly the same. same. When you do that, mm-hmm. you open up. A hundred seventy-seven, uh, hundred seventy-seven million total in cap space for two thousand twenty-four. Think about that. Now yeah. you don't have you don't have a quarterback. You, you, you're gonna and some of the free agents that you sign here in yep. the next couple of weeks are gonna eat into that because you're gonna backload some contracts. But I look at this as 
I know a lot of Vikings fans are kind of just like you're sad about Thielen. And by the way, um, if you missed Patrick Ricey telling 45 minutes of Bud Grant stories on the Purple Daily episode we posted this Sunday morning, definitely check it out. Just an amazing historical, some funny stories. He kind of painted the picture of the history of Bud Grant. But I look at the next couple weeks and the next couple years, even if they're not a great contending team in 2023, if they do this right, this is setting up for a really exciting window in 2024. If if they nail some draft picks, if they develop some guys from the last couple of years, like like you were talking about. Um, okay, on the offensive side, and there's there's a few interior defensive. I think they're going to wind up bringing Dalvin Tomlinson back. They got Harrison Phillips. My guess is they probably try and you know add some depth there in the draft. I don't know that that's if they bring Dalvin Tomlinson back. He's like the second best interior defensive lineman on the PFF list. That that would really be your big move at that position yes. in free agency, right? Yes. Yeah, and and he if he hits the market, I think he gets paid. And I guess that's my question: Do the Vikings value him enough to pay him what another team might? And I don't know that the answer is yes. So, and that's another in- intriguing one. You know, they are very much operating in, in a way that we don't know yet. Because yeah. like a year ago, they, they just brought guys back. But now, this is really the first time that Quazy and O'Connell have operated on what appear to be definitely their own terms. So like, do they look at Dalvin Tomlinson and say, you know, hell yeah, we got to keep him? Or do they say, yeah, he was okay, but, you know, Team X is going to pay him a boatload. And, we, and we're not going to. That's my question. And he's 29. He's, he's right at that age. That is a position that can age a little more gracefully yeah. than, than maybe, you know linebacker or something that requires you know covering big chunks of the field but uh it is an age where you're going to think twice about getting into a bidding war on like a three-year contract right yeah and the vikings have had some really good players at that position dalvin tomlinson is very acceptable i don't know i'd call him a really good player at that position like like compared to the guys that we've seen there you know he's solid he's good but I don't think that we put him in the bin of, you know, one of the guys that is just a wall for the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need, you, you know, you're not going to have Daniil Hunters at every position. So you need, you need good players like Dalvin Tomlinson, but at what price, what age? Right. On the offensive side, a lot of things are set. You know, they do have a couple of weird decisions to make along the offensive line. You know, Bradbury's a free agent. Ezra Cleveland's going into the last year of his contract at this point. No one is safe on this roster except for like Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw. Ed Ingram played more snaps than any offensive player for the Vikings last year. He was also one of the worst offensive linemen in the league. So there's a handful of good veteran guards in free agency in that $10 million a year range. Nate Davis, Ben Powers, both 26 years old. Uh, Isaac Somalu from the Eagles is 29. So we talked about this, you know, a week ago on our Fix the Vikings episode. If you wanted to, and they have yet to do this, they've really, I guess they did it with uh, Mike Remmers one time. They gave him a few million dollars to try and fix, like, right guard. And they did it with Alex Boone, like, 10 years ago. But lately, they've tried to do it with young players. You could probably just fix your right guard problem with a $10 million veteran who's 26 years old. Yeah. And that, that would be, at that age... If you think that Ingram can't play, if you went out and got a free agent right guard who is 25, 26, coming out of contract one, because, I mean, that that player would still be on your team. So let, let's say that you're assuming that you're not uh, certainly going to be great in 2023. That player would still be on your team into the time that you become competitive again. Mm-hmm. Like I told you a couple of days ago is what I don't know is this. You invested a pretty high draft pick in, in Ingram and then stuck with him for the entire season. And he wasn't good, but he did improve. So are you going to pull the rug out from underneath him now? Or are you going to say, you know what? He showed enough improvement. I do think this. I think there's a very good chance Bradbury is gone. Because I think Bradbury... You know, God bless him. He had a decent year after being just what I consider to be a total bust. He had a decent year. And that's a position where I think that he's probably going to try and shop himself. So the real question as Wednesday approaches or tomorrow might be, what are your alternatives at center as well? And just to be very clear, I would bring Bradbury back. But I, if he gets offered a boatload or a lot, I'm yeah. not going to pay him. I can't do that. 
don't you think I don't I don't and I'm kind of with you it's like you're trying to figure out all right which what will the move be there I don't think you can just run the same offensive line back I don't think you can just bring the same five guys back it, it at times it was improved but it was still in, especially in pass protection in the middle it wasn't good enough. Ezra, Ezra Cleveland, really good in run blocking, really questionable. The pressures he allowed, I yeah, think it was like question. top three pressures allowed as a guard. Yeah. Well, here, here's my question off that point. Um, and I do think Bradbury's probably gone. Do you think that internally, because they drafted Ingram, they didn't draft Ezra Cleveland, internally there might be more of a desire to replace him? Yeah, I agree. And because he only has I have no one idea, year. I'm just saying. Well, Ingram's under contract for three more years. Right. He's younger. They might right. think he has more upside. You know, Cleveland's a free agent after the year. I don't know that there's trade value for Cleveland. I don't know that you could get like a sixth or seventh round pick for him. If you decided that you wanted to cut Ezra Cleveland, you would actually save about two point six million dollars net to your salary cap this year, and then he'd you know, he'd be off your books anyways. So you're thinking, well, all right, if we're looking for a, a solution at guard and we can get someone who's – and by the way, Cleveland's 25. Two or three of these free agents I mentioned who are better than he is yep. are 26. So I, my guess is they're kind of looking at all of it as equal. Like with that, You're right. Ed Ingram, while we already – it's team control for three more years. He's young. He's He's got upside. We drafted him. Yep. If we're, yeah, if we're going to make a move, let's just say goodbye to Ezra Cleveland and, and yep. get someone in to, to solidify. But if Bradbury's going to walk, then do you just say, well, we can't afford or we can't don't have the ability uh, to really replace two interior offensive linemen and we have to replace the center. Like there's a lot of things here at, at work. I would be I would rather hang on to both my guards and bite the bullet there than I would pay Bradbury a substantial amount. I mean, Garrett Bradbury would have to come back on my terms if I'm the Vikings. Yeah. And I think somebody else, because this always happens, is going to come along and say, hey, kid, you turned it around last year. We'll pay you. And at that point, I'm like, see you, Garrett. I, I'm i not doing that. Yeah, I think that's so tough, man. Because it's there's only... Well, I guess, uh, who's the is it the Colt Center that's now available too? So I guess there's yes. like three or four, including Bradbury, three or four viable... But veteran a, centers and he's got a pretty high cap hit i believe i believe he's available via trade correct yeah see i don't know I just, that's not happening they, yeah you're not giving up they, they've already given up three or four well, draft picks for for players the last 12 months i don't but I this don't. comes back to my question though phil because so so o'connell is an offensive guy he is he is the 180 of zimmer right so would the viking strategy be a bit more to try and fill defensive needs through free agency where it's more of a certain thing and address center again in the draft. Yes, but you can't go into the draft without a starting well, center on your roster, right? I don't disagree with that, but I'm just saying like you could still sign one. I just, I wonder what the strategy is going to pivot to as far as the actual personnel building philosophy here like yeah. like brian flores is going to have some say i'm not saying that they're, they're like hey, brian will pick a couple free agents but no draft um that's not going to take place but i just think there's going to be a shift in how things are thought of here and o'connell's definitely going to pride himself more on being able to identify offensive talent in my opinion yeah. and it's his team so like like would he say you know what let's fill a cornerback need but with the first round pick, again, to go back to what we've talked about, if one of those receivers falls to the Vikings, you know, make that the guy to play opposite of J.J. And, and speaking of receivers, so in terms of external free agent options, uh, the Vikings were at an Odell Beckham Jr. workout, according to, was did Doogie report that? No, I think it was Pelissero reported it. Okay. Do Doogie definitely did not. I think it was 11 teams, if I'm not mistaken. I saw he, on OBJ yeah, no. doesn't really fit the timeline. He's coming off a big he injury. He's 30 years old. During If he could have come back in 2022, he fit the timeline perfectly. But now, no. And, and I think you're right, too. I think the other thing that we need to get past is looking at veteran players whose names we know and DeAndre Hopkins that is available. Right. Yeah. That's not how this is going to work. Agreed. It used to work that that way. And if you're if you're ready to pop, 
I'm all for that. But like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you know, the Dolphins got him for a nothing. Well, the Vikings aren't in a position now, in my opinion, to be making a splash like that. Because I would prefer, to, to go back to our conversation, I would much prefer that you get a corner in his mid-20s who's going to develop and not be, you know, in 2000, was it 2018 that Ramsey got traded by the Jaguars to the Rams, 2017? Yes, I believe it was. 18, 17 was the year they went to the, yep. the AFC That's title right. game, right? So when that came down, I said, trade for him. Give up yeah. a first-round pick. You need a cornerback like that. He's unbelievable. He's still young at that time. Um, but that was a very different situation because that Vikings team was always, it felt like, on the precipice of something. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're purposely taking a step back. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think with all these free agents, if the if their age starts with a three, mm-hmm. there might be a couple guys. You're, you, you know, you might have to sign a veteran guard, and I know this is the hundredth time I brought up the name Kyle Van Noy, but he's he's 32. Mm-hmm. He's a versatile edge linebacker who can play in. He's played with Brian Flores for half of his career or more in New England and in Miami. So like like I could see that, but you're not breaking the bank for him. But you're not paying fifteen or twenty million dollars for right. For a guy like OBJ, to me, the only wide receiver that makes a ton of sense continues to be in free agency anyways, age-wise, skill set, is DJ Chark. Yep, He's 26. He's a really good deep threat. He's had injury problems, and so that's the that's that's why his price might, actually might benefit you that he has injury problems because his price tag is going to be low. Um, PFF projects like $11, $12 million a year, which for a good wide receiver who in he has a thousand yard season in his, in his past with the Jaguars uh, when he's healthy. So I, I could see that, but again, where do you want to spend your chunks of money in free agency? His age would make some sense. Mm-hmm. He aligns with Hawkinson age wise. He's a year older. Um, other than that, Judd, like Michael Thomas is a free agent. He's 30. Yeah, I'm good here. Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. is 26, but isn't he likely to go back to Kansas City? You know, Jacoby Myers, I know people are going to say Jacoby Myers. He's the he's the number one or number two. I think OBJ is probably the number one free agent receiver. Uh, Jacoby Myers. But, again, he's going to probably bring in $15, 20000000 million a year. You're about yeah. to pay Jefferson. So do you want to be paying two receivers $20, 30000000 million? Probably not. I think what they're going to do is I, I really think that they are – I will not – be surprised if their first round pick unless they shock us and trade up and take a quarterback uh i really think that that there's a fighting chance that they will try and sign a cornerback a cornerback or two and draft a receiver it makes a ton of sense and you're right too you do not want to be paying i mean you know keep in mind with all of the cap space that we're talking about that's going to become available in 2024 justin jefferson starting in 2025 is going to be paid like a quarterback. And if you want him, there's nothing that you can do about that. You can't, you can't bring him down and be like, ah, Hey JJ, why don't you take a little bit of a pay cut? So the the reality is you're going to have different issues cap wise eventually here. And so how do you address them? Well, if I draft a receiver in the first round this year, five years, team control option year is expensive, but it sure is not what the market bears. And I think DJ Chark's going to get paid. Like, I love the idea. I think he's going to get paid. Um, You just look at that, like, top, that upper echelon of free agent receivers, and the positions become so important now. I don't think that you, I don't think you could get by sleeping well paying Jefferson and Chark at the same time. Um, And so, yeah, I think what you're looking at is ideally they draft a receiver, they sign corners. and then hope, hopefully Andrew Booth Jr., who, by the way, they did trade up to get in the second round, mm-hmm. can stay on the damn field. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just kind of trying to find some other receivers that may make sense. I mean, like Mecole Hardman is 25. He's going to get paid. But he's he's I mean, been be banged great, up. But he, he's got a ton of speed. I, I love him. I, I just think he's going to get paid. You also got to be a little careful about, I mean, Tyree Kill, I think, was on a different level. Not, I think he he was. You got to be a little careful with anyone that was a, a made man because of Patrick Mahomes. But Michael Hardman was also he was a second round pick out of Georgia. He's a talented guy. Uh, the only other name I would say is like a Paris Campbell. 
25 years old coming out of Indianapolis with their quarterback situation? Is there some more to be tapped into there? Um, I don't know, but it's a pretty, pretty thin pool. So, and then the only other position I would say here, just for the purposes of things to keep an eye on here, and this might, this might actually blend into a couple roster nuggets, but mm-hmm. running back, the Vikings may or may not get rid of Dalvin Cook. They may or may not bring Alex Madison back. It's just kind of wide open over the next few days. There are a ton of veteran running backs between the ages of 25 and 29 that you could easily bring in oh, for gotcha. two, three, four million dollars. Yes. Not going to break the bank. Enough, you know, a, a timeshare in the backfield. Ty Chandler can come in and get some carries. Don't you think that's the direction that they go here? Whether it's this year or next year, no, no longer are they going to have a top five cap hit for a running back at some point soon. I still think that Dalvin Cook is gone. I think he's gone. I, you know, I think it's one of, of those things where he's being shopped, and the Vikings aren't aren't going to come out and tip their hand about a guy like that. But the news that was reported on Sunday morning about the Vikings trying to lock up Madison to a contract, which you know. By the way, it can be d- debated too. I'm not sure he's the right guy. But that being said, uh, I think they're trying. I, I think they're aggressively trying to get something in return for Dalvin Cook and Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I really do. So I think that there's a very good chance he, he's gone. Uh, just for context on wide receiver contracts, a year ago, Christian Kirk moved from the Cardinals to the Jaguars. Four years, $72 million, twenty. Million signing bonus, total guarantees, $37 million. So that was yeah. what Christian Kirk got. And he was pretty good, but my point is he certainly was not a guy that when we looked at his name, knocked our socks off as, oh, my God, this guy's got to get paid a ton. Yeah, and actually it was it was worth it for the Jaguars. He wound up being, He's a good player. Like, I think, the number one target for for Trevor Lawrence, 1,000 yards, set career highs and yardage touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't think they're regretting that purchase, but it does show you that if the supply and demand uh, balance is off, then non-elite receivers wind up getting paid elite receiver money. Yes. So um, just a few things here before we wrap. We should probably wrap and post this so we don't get burned by breaking news here. This is that time of year, man. <laughs> I love this time of year. Yep. But, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what the Vikings' overall plan is with the moves they've made, the moves that they are rumored to be working on. They want to clear bad, bloated contracts of aging players specifically to create cap space for 2024 and beyond. And and some of that also creates some cap space for this year, but this is a this is a clear the decks for 2024 and beyond. How does Cousins fit in? Something to keep an eye on here in the coming days, all right? So Mike Garofolo from NFL Network reports the Vikings and Kirk Cousins have had talks about a contract extension, mm-hmm. but nothing is imminent. And Cousins is playing out the last year of his contract and headed toward free agency once again. Feels quite possible right now. So he's kind of, okay, this, I, I don't think there's going to, he's basically, I don't think there's going to be a contract extension anytime in the next couple of weeks here. And uh, once you get further down the road, looks like he might just hit free agency in a year. There was a back and forth on ESPN.com between Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler with a lot of their inside information. Graziano says this in the Jets section. Mm-hmm. says, there's a number of different ways this Jets-Aaron Rodgers thing could turn out. Rodgers, uh, Rodgers could still decide to retire. He could decide he wants to stay in Green Bay. There could be another team lurking, a mystery team. If it doesn't work out for the Jets, I expect them to take a run at Jimmy Garoppolo, but also to consider other options, including trades for veterans. Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins. All of these guys could be on the block for one reason or another. Jeremy Fowler follows that up and says, Dan's mention of Cousins is interesting given Minnesota's recent cost-cutting measures. If the Jets miss out on Rodgers... Why not place that call to Minnesota with the chance to give Cousins a new contract? Cousins and Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell appear closely aligned, but it wouldn't hurt to check with Minnesota. As of now, he's not under contract beyond 2023. Thoughts? The next month is going to be so interesting. 
because it's just trended now to to the Vikings, and I agree with them. The Vikings have definitely told Kirk, we're good. So unless, you know, unless the Phil Mackey scenario took place in which Kirk came, you know, crawled in to TCO on his hands and knees and says, please, pretty please, I'll play for less, which he's not going to, um, I think they're just going to wisely allow him to play out, out his contract. But what makes the next month so intriguing then is, does the Cousins camp say, well, we've always sort of gotten our way here and now we're not, so why don't we look for a trade partner? Well, and do the Vikings the say, well, in 2023, like we're, we don't expect to be awful, but we're not going to be great. So if we could get a bunch of compensation for your client, you know, we could look into that. Now, do I think he's going to go to the Jets? Absolutely not. I think he would block a trade there. I think Kirk Cousins, even Kirk knows Kirk well enough to know that he probably does not have the stomach for playing in that market. But that does not mean San Francisco is a bad idea. Um, and look, for anyone who said, why would the Vikings trade Cousins to San Francisco? You know, they're competing with them. Well, it's very clear that the Vikings are now taking some steps back to, to be like, well, really, don't sweat that one in 2023. So all I'm saying is, I think through the draft that we're going to be on Cousins' watch of some sort. It's so interesting because if it's been decided and it kind of seems like it has organically and the way the Vikings are maneuvering for flexibility in 2024, why would they, it, Adam Thielen, for instance, this is going to get way in the weeds, but I think our audience can, uh, can go there with us here. If your whole goal was to create 2023 cap space as much as possible to take one more run at it, right? Mm -hmm. Then you would have used a post June 1st designation on Adam Thielen. Yes, because what would have what would have happened? So the Vikings by by cutting Thielen now, without a post June first designation, they eat thirteen and a half million in cap and save six and a half. Those numbers flip if they would have done the post June first designation. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong. You can do a post June first on two players, yep. and use the savings for this free agency period. That's my understanding. It gets confusing, but that's my understanding. Yes. So if their whole goal was, hey, let's just, uh, God, we got to say about a Thielen because he's not that good anymore, but we want to we want to maximize this year's cap savings for this free agency class. Mm -hmm. You would have done that. You would you you'd be looking to extend Cousins to smooth out the cap hit, right? They have finally drawn a line in the sand. So to me, if the options are okay, you can play the last year out, or you can ask him to waive his no trade clause and maybe get some value back from a desperate team like the Niners. Could you get a couple third round picks or a third and a future first or something? Mm -hmm. To me, you should it, it would it would be malpractice if you weren't having those value conversations with other front offices. On the flip side, if I'm Kirk, and maybe by the time people listen to this, some of these, you know, seeds have already been planted or moves have been made, but like Thielen's gone. He's my guy. Thielen's my guy. Zadarius was incredible for the first three months last year. Zadarius wants out. If all of a sudden Dalvin's gone and Harry the Hitman's gone, Eric Kendricks is gone, like these team leaders, man, these are Kirk's guys going back five years, right? At some point, don't you take control of the situation and say, hey, wow, I guess I didn't realize we were going to turn the page that fast. Uh, I, if I'm Kirk and I want to win a Super Bowl and I see all these, I see what's happening around me, I would be facilitating the trade to San Francisco myself, right? Like, if you want to win a Super yeah. Bowl, who has a better chance right now as we sit here? Well, anger than the extension. 49ers do. Yes. And just get an extension. They'll give you the extension. Kyle Shanahan loves you when he needs. And, and un unless he has madly fallen in love with Trey Lance, uh, which I don't think is the case, they'll give you an extension. The other thing, though, is so here's what I'm going to – I think the Vikings – privately have been pretty upfront with Kirk though, because you know, it's interesting that Kirk's recent comments like on the Bustin' with the boys podcast. And then the thing he did at Spire that Doogie talked about mm -hmm. and saying, you know, being uneasy and saying things like there's going to be change here. You know, at first I, I assumed that's well, yeah, no crap. You know, there's changes every year, but it's almost like he was told a lot is coming. Like mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of your friends gone. Um, and so I think he's reflecting that without, without revealing he was told that mm -hmm. it certainly feels now like he was talking from a position of knowledge, not of guessing. So, yeah, I think, and look, the Vikings, 
if they are going to end this or they're not going to extend them, I'm with you. They would be, it, it would be very unquasy like a guy who loves the stock market to sit on a stock he has no intention of keeping. Yeah. And there are reasons to sit on the stock in a, in a football slash human dynamic standpoint. If, you know, if I called the Niners and they offered a third round pick this year and let's say their 2024 first round pick, I run to the bank. If I could get a, a first round pick in either this year or next oh, year's God, draft yeah. for Kirk Cousins, one year of Kirk Cousins, I take it. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to play quarterback? I, d- I don't well, know. Well, I do. And, and you will figure it out. I do. If you can make that, that trade, look, the Bears and Carolina set parameters. Like they have, they've done a trade. So we now know what the parameters are. So if you get San Francisco's first round pick in 24 and you've got your own, you're going to take at least one of those picks, right? And try and move up. If and you love one of these quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, right. Which we think they might. That's another question. Like there's... This whole thing is is re- reckless speculation, but the Vikings are pushing us to speculate oh, recklessly. They're pushing us by their moves. Forcing our which, hand. by the way, I like to applaud them. Crazy <laughs> Kevin, you're doing a great job. I love this. But like, if you if you think about it, if you got a pick before the draft, if you got a first round pick from San Francisco for 24, you've got your own first round pick. Um, you've got your own 2023 first round pick. Then right. So you traded cousins. I, I mean, you're now you're in a position to move to move up, and you're not going to have to give up the compensation that Carolina did to Chicago, but you're going to have to give up a lot. So you're now in a position to make that similar move with two first round picks mm-hmm. that you probably feel comfortable trading. Now, if you don't get, maybe we could maybe we could probably flesh this Kirk thing out maybe on Monday's episode, um, but we all, might might just be reacting to like. Vikings coming to terms with a cornerback or something. So we don't know what Monday's episode is going to entail. But I think if you got low ball, let's say you decided, hey, we're going to sh- Kirk, we're going to shop. Where would where would you be OK going? Um, the Niners are really, really the only logical fit right now, but maybe something else opens up here. Sure. If the Niners said, yeah, God, we're really wishy washy because we do really like Purdy and Lance and we don't. We also would like some flexibility beyond 2023. So we'll take Kirk. But we're not doing like an extension or anything. We just we just want Kirk for one year, much like wasn't Bra- was Bradford a one year deal or did they um, when they traded for Bradford the the Vikings was that a one year thing or was he he was under contract for a second year? I, I think. think so. Okay, I have to go back and look, but I think you're right. And that was a first round pick, but this would be like a true one year mercenary thing if they said we'll do it, but we're not going to go crazy because we're not going to extend him, so we'll give you a third. I would still consider that because now I'm getting some value for something that I have no intention of having around beyond the year. But I could see if you wanted Kirk, if you want to still be competitive, write out the contract. If you wanted yeah. to to draft a quarterback and have him sit behind Kirk Cousins, or maybe it's Hendon Hooker or something, mm-hmm. and he sits behind Kirk, uh, a professional. Like I, I can listen to that argument. But if you're not trying, if you've decided he's not going to be around beyond 2023, you should be seeing what kind of value he has on the market. And yeah. if he'd be willing to waive his no trade clause. And both are fair, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to trade him. And I would guess that if he, if you went to him and said that you had found a trade partner. And so his agent obviously w- would call that team for the sake of this conversation, San Francisco, and they wouldn't extend him. My guess is he blocks the trade no. because Kirk being Kirk is going to want, like the whole thing is the extension, but like, this isn't a mandate from us that, that he has to be traded. It's a shop him because that's probably the most responsible thing to do. Worst case, he comes back and plays out the contract. That's fine too. So yeah, I don't, I think the Vikings are putting themselves in a really good position again, provided they can find the talent starting with a quarterback. But I think the Vikings are positioning themselves really well to be in, to be in a situation right now where I think their fan base should feel really good about it. Yeah. This is going to be super fun. This is going to be a potentially wild franchise changing next two or three weeks and next couple months. And uh, we got we got you guys covered here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. That uh, that carries more meaning, I think, now than it did maybe yeah. two or three days ago. Yep. The one guy that you wanted, of, if you ranked everyone in the world, like who do you want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl? I think Bud Grant would probably be 
atop that list. Check out the Roycey stories on um, the tribute episode we did earlier today. And, yeah, we're just going to be kind of in reactionary mode starting tomorrow the rest of the week. So you can find us on Purple Daily tomorrow. You can find us on Mackie and Judd as well. And um, emergency episodes as needed this time of year. Mm, inject it. We're on standby. We are. We're just, we're just uh, on standby. We don't sleep. We Turn wait. Turn us on. <laughs> this time of year. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Purple.